0: 52 episodes, 52 ordinary people, 52 real stories about things that affect overall health. Because there is a lot more that goes into being healthy than food and fitness. Inspiration, support, a new perspective, and knowledge. You'll
1: find that and more
0: here on the HealthAbility
1: Project. Hi. Welcome to the Healthability Project. I'm Robin McKenna. When we think about what impacts our overall health and well-being, we most often think of things such as relationships, careers, and money. What we don't consider, but what is just as important, is the ability to access the care we need to learn if we are sick. And that that care includes the equipment and devices that will tell us if we have a non-communicable disease, cancer, or a whole host of other things. Here in the U.S. and in other developed nations, our issue of access to care is more about how long it will take us to get an appointment to see a doctor or get the actual test done, and not that the medical facility just doesn't have the necessary equipment. This is not so in developing countries. Non-communicable diseases kill 41 million people each year. That's the equivalent to 71% of all deaths globally. And did you know that one piece of equipment can improve the lives of at least 10,000 women? Here to talk with us today about health equity, and in particular women's health equity, is Marissa Fayer. Marissa is the founder and CEO of Her Health EQ, a nonprofit working to improve the health outcomes of women by providing essential medical equipment to developing regions around the world. She is a 22 year veteran of the med tech industry and was included among the top 100 women in medtech, a People Mavens top women activist to watch, and a recipient of the Africa Development Award. She is a TEDx speaker and currently serves on the boards of Wellways Medical and Deep Look Medical, which are focused on improving the diagnosis of breast cancer and ultrasound AI focus on preterm birth. Welcome to the show, Marissa. We are really glad to have you here today. Thanks for having me, Robin. So Marissa going to start off by telling her story of how she got to her health EQ. She's also going to share with us some stories of some of the women who have benefited from the amazing work that her health EQ is doing. But to start off, she's going to inform us of what health equity really means.
0: Yeah, so there's a really big difference between health equity and health equality, both incredibly important, but you actually need health equity before we have equality. So health equity kind of just means that everything is prioritized and care is based on need. So you're getting what you need. You know, equal as, as as equality, like the word comes from, means that everyone has the same. But in reality, everyone doesn't need the same. This is not a fairness exercise. So what we have in New York. Is not necessarily the same health diagnosis equipment that's needed in uh, Cape Town, South Africa. Not to say they're not equally needed and required, but the fact that we use a mammogram here in the United States, which is standard of care, to diagnose for breast cancer, a piece of equipment that's oftentimes, you know, when they're first coming out, they're they're something like five hundred thousand dollars that's not necessarily needed or even able to be installed in another region. There might not be electricity that can support it. There might not be um, technicians that can read it. But an ultrasound, which is far more cost-effective and exactly you know similar technologies that, that they can diagnose and see inside the breast, that is used. So, the fact that an ultrasound and a mammogram can do the same job they they have different ways of doing it but the fact that that's the equitable solution not equal but equitable because both have methods to diagnose breast cancer for example so it doesn't have to be like for like it's not exact you know it's not apples to apples it's apples to oranges but that apple and orange kind of meet in the middle to make whatever that fruit happens to be when you merge those together. And so when we're talking about health, I mean, it doesn't need to be the same solution. Uh, Another example would be in the US, we use um, pap smears to diagnose for cervical cancer. In developing countries, they use a very efficacious and WHO approved vinegar solution, equally efficacious and has the same diagnosis rate, but much cheaper, easier to get in a developing country. Versus the pap smear, which is standard of care in the US. A lot of that has also to do with uh, insurance coverage. So that's the difference. And that's kind of some of the basis of what uh, her health EQ was, was founded on.
1: That's a lot to digest.
0: It's a lot uh, to digest. It is. It just,
1: <laughs> so tell us how you got to her health EQ. Well, the famous story, totally true,
0: is that uh, it started in a bar. Uh, so I was living in Costa Rica. And working for an amazing uh, medical device company, um, uh, Hologic, still the largest women's health company in the world. And I was living down there working for them. And a friend of mine, you know, Friday night said, yeah, women are dying of breast cancer because in women's health, this is what you talk about on a Friday night over beer. And, and you know, at that point, I just, I moved down to Costa Rica right after um, the company and myself included launched the first 3D mammography system. So we knew that, that there was a lot of 2D systems, uh, two-dimensional systems coming back and being returned and sometimes um, scavenged for parts, but also just, you know, thrown away because we couldn't find anywhere to use them and to place them. So she said women were dying of breast cancer. And, and after some research, we realized that they were dying of breast cancer because uh, years before their mammogram machine broke down. And I personally knew that we had a ton sitting, you know, sitting against the wall and, um, and being returned. And so, uh, through through Hologic, through the U.S. Embassy, through um, my friend's foundation, uh, the Anna Ross Foundation, we were able to donate a mammography machine to a hospital in a remote region um, in in Costa Rica. And so, the idea for her HealthEQ was kind of you know thought out. And many years later, after I left corporate, after I left Hologic, therefore I left a few other companies um, uh, six years ago, six, seven years ago, I founded Her Healthy Q because I realized that there were so many other types of equipment, other health equity um, issues that needed to be solved and and so many, and certainly not a lack of need for equipment. And so I've been working for the past six, seven years uh, myself, my board members, our partners, and uh, we've been deploying equipment um, that's often repurposed or has a scratch, and we get it to developing countries. And so, you know, I can say this model works, certainly. So in the past, I think we almost stopped counting because it's almost 10 years, but we know that uh, 17 to 18,000 women have been screened for breast cancer uh, in this remote region from this one donation in Costa Rica. That would not have been possible if, if that piece of equipment wasn't there and again, you know, this kind of talks to equity. Did this remote region need the newest, latest, greatest 3D mammography system, which at that time was going for $750,000 new, but they received a piece of equipment that's still working today, 10 years later, for free, and they were able to screen women for breast cancer. So again, it points to equity. It doesn't have to be the newest and latest, greatest. These are pieces of equipment that that last for 10, 15, 20, 25 years. We're talking about durable pieces of equipment. And um, and so why not get it to where it needs to go? There's a useful life for these
1: things. So you found a way to repurpose. I think you said or had shared with me previously that nearly $765 billion worth of medical equipment in the U.S. alone is thrown out and you found yes. a way to repurpose that and get it to the women in need.
0: Yeah. And certainly, like, I would love to have take any credit for the $765 billion, uh, repurposing, but that is definitely not happening. I would say, listen, like, even if 10% of that was repurposed and we've done the calculations, like if 10% per year of that was repurposed, 40 million people's lives would be saved. And at this point, we're just trying for 1%. And some of it can't be repurposed. Some of it can't be, uh, you know, reused again. Some of it is is past its useful life. But I mean, let's just think of one percent of that—the amount of lives that could be saved uh, as a result of that. Um, And and it's not. These are things with scratches on that, or a color change, or you know, everyone's going through mergers and acquisitions, so names have changed on logos or something like that. So, or in our incredibly capital intensive US and european economy every between every 2 and 5 years most durable pieces of medical equipment are replaced it's a function of keeping up the image and keeping up the newest and, and latest and greatest and uh, and it's incredibly needed but not all of these pieces of equipment get repurposed not even close to 10% of them get repurposed so where we're one of several that are doing this. Um, her Q happens to be the only ones focused specifically on women and um and non-communicable diseases. So diseases that uh, such as diabetes or heart disease, maternal health issues, or cancers that affect women. So, cervical cancer and breast cancer, as I've mentioned several times, uh, skin cancer, stomach cancer, lung cancer, those kind of things. And so, we're working to, to repurpose those. We also do utilize newer pieces of equipment if they haven't, you know, sometimes they haven't been used, but a new generation's come out. So, instead of throwing things out in a warehouse that are just sitting there, uh, we'll, we'll utilize those too waste is waste we want to we want to make sure that it gets this equipment gets to where it needs to go
1: so what have you seen or what did you see when you brought that first mammogram machine to Costa Rica what did you see related to the i guess life expectancy of the women who were now able to access this test
0: so it is on average that when you diagnose breast cancer early, or any cancer, quite honestly, it's obviously able to be treated early. So, on a mammogram, you can easily diagnose cancer um, at stage zero. Before that, it was being diagnosed only when you could feel it, or when they actually wanted to go to the doctor after they can feel it, probably for many years, which is stage three, four. Um, at that point, the life expect- expectancy is is pretty grim, and and for breast cancer, I mean, the life expectancy for for cancer being diagnosed that late is is maybe if you're lucky, if you can access treatment and access the best and you, you respond well, maybe it's a few years. I mean, now they're able to have treatment, Uh, you know, Costa Rica. So they have a, they have socialized medicine, which means you have access to it. But when you're in a remote region, you then have to get to the capital oftentimes to get this treatment. And so the community can rally around that woman and raise the money and make sure her children are taken care of so that she can go and get that treatment so that she had her full life expectancy is there. It's significantly changed the women who have uh, had cancers detected, which is really impactful. And we also see this uh, in Jamaica, we've deployed a, uh, you know, ultrasound machines and it's used for maternal health screenings. And now women you know, they, they they come to the hospital and they get their maternal health screenings because they get to see what their baby looks like and to see if there's any problems with it. And then the doctors can make the diagnosis to say, you know what? Yeah, you need to stay here because you're close to delivery or there's a problem or there's an intervention that we need to do to help along or you're saving the baby's life. You're saving the mother's life. you're You're able to also say, you know what? This baby is not coming, you know, probably it looks like it's, it's super healthy and you have three more months and everything's going well. So come back in three months and it, it allows that, that mother, that woman to go about her life, to go back to her family, to go to work and, and understand what, you know, what comes next. Mm-hmm. Um, it also allows the doctors to be able to, to have the tools to be able to do their job to do the job that they're trained for. And so, um, just expectancy and and health conditions have greatly improved everywhere that we've deployed equipment.
1: And so, it also seems too that instead of a woman having to have a community rally around her and raise money for her to travel at least overnight, maybe longer, and be away from her family for a few days, her health EQ steps in and is able to provide that at a more local level, which I can imagine must make their peace of mind significantly stronger. Tell us a little bit about that. Do you do you have any stories about women who have benefited from the placement of these different screenings and machines, et cetera?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I mean the fact that you you're in a local community as opposed to just around the the capital of any country. I mean, we're we're also in in Africa and Sub-Saharan Africa. We're also in um, Southeast Asia. We're in you know Latin America, different places. We're also in rural USA. I mean, when you put something close to a woman or a community, they want to go for these screenings. They want uh, you know treatments. They want to know. They want to do this. But quite honestly, nor you or I would travel five days to get a mammogram every year. I mean, here in the United States, especially after COVID, I mean. It is so hard to, to get a mammogram appointment here, just for instance, that like I'm lucky that I get to walk four blocks down the street, but I'm not driving to California to look at my mammogram. And that's oftentimes like, what could happen? And so having equipment near and locationally close to a community just allows better health. And, and we all know that prevention just generally saves lives and improves. Uh, lives. So having these local makes a difference. So we have screening programs that are going on in Tanzania uh, for cervical cancer. And the fact that they're in the community, and we're not talking like in a very rural area, but the fact that they're in you know the city center of the nearest mid-sized city makes it easy. Most of the time, you know, people were, you know, women, families are traveling into the city for, you know, for work or for an appointment or, or to go to government office or whatever it happens to be. And the fact that the screenings are there instead of hours and hours away makes it accessible. Uh, a lot of these screenings are also happening when, um, you know, women are having children. And so um, you can do them all, a lot of them all at the same time. So you're getting all of these screenings done at once and treatments as well. You know we work in the treatment area, so getting these treatments sometimes done very quickly in office. You're not going home. You're literally doing it immediately right there. Makes it easier. We've found that when you have screening and treatment in the same location at the same time, you know makes women just do it. You don't go home. You know it's like it like anywhere like like us like. You don't go home and then you forget the appointment and then you have to make another one and then figure if it fits into your schedule. You do it all at once. You're you're there for the, the same 20 minutes. And so um, that's very much what we've seen. Um, we've also participated in uh, mobile health vans, um, uh, actually in rural Mississippi. Uh, we've we've donated some equipment. You know, it's in a van and it's traveling around. And these are women who don't have access to any, any health services. And so they're, they're coming to them. Um, And and this is a model that we're thinking goes forward to, to say, you know, we know a lot of other partners that we we work with that, that are implementing things like that.
1: What is the response of local women in, in Mississippi to these, to these vans? Are you seeing a growing number of people showing up to access the tests that they're providing? Yeah, absolutely. So, um a lot of it is just general health care,
0: but also uh you know, maternal health and and so and screening. So, they're literally like lining up, signing up. We've been hearing from our partner locally that uh, that that every single time they say that they're going somewhere else, they have more and more women um, that are showing up for it and they're grateful. Listen, they're really grateful to to have access to it. It makes it so much easier for them. Um and and it makes them able to not have to worry about almost being fired from a job potentially if they miss a day of work because they have to go to the doctor. They're able to make an appointment. They go on their lunchtime or they take a break or, you know, whatever it happens to be. And um, and then they're able to get services. And so, uh, you know, we think about that in 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 rural, you, you know, the United States, which, which generally has relatively good access. And then you think about developing countries and the infrastructure, you know, such as the road system, Or the transportation system with buses and trains is not as developed. And so how is anybody getting anywhere? And so the fact that women don't have to walk or take four buses to get somewhere or, you know, God forbid, have to ask their husband to get somewhere you know, most developing countries and emerging markets, uh, women's healthcare is not prioritized, nor are women in general, but but especially their healthcare. And so, unless it has to do with maternal health, women's healthcare is not prioritized. And so, the fact that they can go when it's easy for them, as opposed to asking other people to to, to get a ride there, um, it, it's highly impactful.
1: I would also think too the the economic impact to access to healthcare in an easier way must be tremendous. You know, women are, are able to keep their jobs or, you know, maybe only miss a day of work, but they don't have to worry about the money coming in and food getting on the table because of what Her Health EQ and, and other organizations like yourself are doing by bringing the access to care closer to them.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, like it, it is a well-known stat and it's not one that I created nor nor made up or anything. I will just quote it uh, as I do quite often. Over 90% of a woman's um, income goes back to her family, about 35% of a man's does. And so the fact that she is still able to earn and is not taking multiple days out of her life to be able to you know, get screenings or treatment or, or anything, more money is going back to her. And a healthier woman also means that, that she can continue to send her children to school which every mother wants. And every mother wants, especially her girls, girls, to go to school as well. And so unfortunately, in developing countries, when when a mother or a grandmother or aunt is sick, it's the girls that get pulled out first of school, which means they can't continue their education. It also means their the the age that they start having children decreases, which also means they don't earn as much money. And so what happens is it's just, it, it continues the cycle of poverty. So when women are healthy, they continue to send their children to school, their their children then go on to to have jobs or, you know, bring income into the family. And there's a huge potential that the cycle of poverty can also be completely just broken okay. or, or, or fixed and remedied. And, and so they can, and completely broken. So- the fact that within one generation you can break the cycle of poverty and lift yourself up, just because you have your health, there's no reason for us not to repurpose equipment that we have sitting here doing nothing, potentially going into a landfill um, that's completely usable. And and let me be clear, like we're not repurposing trash, like or junk, like these are two to three-year-old pieces of equipment that have a useful life of 25 years. Um, We make sure that they're fully certified. We also support them for multiple years to make sure that they're in working condition. So this is not a move trash from one country to somewhere else. Like this is making sure equipment is put into use and is used because we check. We check every single quarter. That's one of the agreements that we have is that they need, you know, uh, all of these sites have to provide us metrics of how many women they've they've used the equipment on, because that gives us an indication to know if the equipment is being used. And so the economic impact of having healthy women is is astronomical. And, and you know, we don't know like any one of these girls could solve cancer, or be the next president, or Nobel Prize winner, or, or any of these things. They could be brokering peace in in nations that need it. I mean, they could be the one, and they will be the one solving our problems. This is this is not coming from from my house, certainly. And so that like that's that's the hope.
1: Wow, Marissa, this has been amazing, so informative, and every single listener is going to leave this episode with a new perspective on health equity and certainly be thinking about our sisters in the developing world. So thanks very much for your time. Really, really appreciate it. So listeners, hopefully you enjoyed tonight's podcast. Please like us, share with your friends and subscribe. And if you have questions, comments, or suggestions, you can reach us at thehealthabilityproject at gmail.com. Thanks again, and stay tuned for next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us today at the
0: Health Ability Project. We'd love to hear from you, so please email us your questions, comments, or suggestions, including future guests, to thehealthabilityproject at gmail.com. And please like us, subscribe, and share us with your friends.